Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. songs no you think we're gonna run out of phone numbers yes <laughs> just seems as if there 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 has to be a finite combination of notes maybe there's not i don't know no man because i mean think about it sorry folks we're gonna digress away from sports <laughs> which Coulter and i do very often and frequently it's Nuana's now 10290 espn missoula swx montana television rajim seabrook in studio with me Coulter Nuanas. anyways carry on there's too much evolution of music think about sure. since we were kids the genres that have been created since say 19 we'll start at 1980 
the genres of music that have been created since the 80s, there's no way that music will ever end or be finite. There's too many combinations. There's too many variables. There's too many instruments. There's too many instruments yet to be created. There's too much digitized aspect of music now. I mean, music is like ever evolving abstract and 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 can never can never be i don't think it ever run out sorry this morning tommy on the trail uh it was early on so you probably weren't listening quite yet but robert chase on his show i was thinking of you yeah he uh he played my guitar wants to kill your mama oh yeah frank zappa <laughs> That's old school. Yeah, that's a great track. I was fully engaged listening to this, and man, what a, uh, at the same time, brilliant and manic and wacky track that is. Dude, you should listen to Dog Breath Variations. <laughs> that's you, a great track. Are you a Frank Zappa guy, Reggie? I'm, I love his his insane genius. Like, people, sure. he is so underrated, very different, very obscure, not for everyone, but I love his individualized, unique genius. That's very well put. Frank Zappa, a a recording legend, for the very least because of how prolific he has been, but also just because of how wacky and out there it is. Uh, but I always love hearing old Zappa on the trail. You've got to listen to The Dangerous Kitchen. The Dangerous Kitchen. Is this like an autobiography of Tommy Evans' house? No, no, not my As house. As he tries to burn this thing to the ground at least once a month? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's this, this, guy, this it's, guy's almost burned down his house with a walk twice. I'm like, dude, just call him my true. house. I'll cook you first. That's when you need to walk away. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the Dangerous Kitchen. It tells the tale of a poorly cleaned kitchen where the mold in the milk congeals into a monster. And the moldy milk tries to eat you and kill you. And its friends, the crunchy things on the floor and the other molded and, and mucky things laying around all come together to take over the human race. It's excellent. Who else would write a song like that, man? The That's answer, genius. Louis Pasteur. The answer, nobody. The other question, have we ever lost so many listeners in the span of four minutes? I don't know. Gotta love it. All right, let's talk. Let's get back on the sports track here on Nuanas now. It is, after all, ESPN Radio as well as... SWX Montana Television. What do you got for me, Regime? I know that you have some questions about the Big Sky Conference. We've been diving in on this stuff. By the way, go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. Andrew Houghton, new associate here at ESPN Missoula, as well as uh, contributing writer at Skyline Sports. He has a great story about the volatility of quarterbacks in the league. Uh, it, there's more quarterback turnover coming into this Big Sky Conference season than I can ever remember in the league. That's one of the primary storylines. But first, we'll get to some of the questions you have before we uh, hash out the, the quarterback situations. I'm going to ask you a question because this pertains okay. to you as your beautiful journalistic self. How much is Jeff Choate going to be missed? Oh, man. Well, like, let's let's talk about the void he creates. So I, was, I spent all day yesterday in Bozeman, Montana, at Montana State Media Day. And I've been thinking about this dynamic uh, extensively because, uh, you know, anybody that's listening to this show or has read SkylineSportsMT.com, you know I had uh, a great reverence for Choate. Choate uh, is, he's, for the, the simplest way I could say it is he, he's my kind of guy. He He's the type of guy that I look up to. He reminds me a lot of my late father uh, in so many different ways from his working class background to uh, sort of his tough, hard edge uh, way of being. He's a guy that I think that if you were his friend, you'd know that he would have your back in a dark alley. That's the best way I could say it. He also played a brand of football that I just love. I don't necessarily think that's the brand you should play in the modern day of college football, 
but to me, a former offensive lineman running gap scheme to the tune of 55 times per game and running for 400 yards per game, it's appealing to me, man. I know a lot of people don't love it. There was a lot of criticism of the quarterback play, but it's like if you can rush the ball for seven yards a carry, which Montana State, by the way, set the Big Sky Conference all-time record for yards per carry in a season in 2019. 6.7 yards per carry. If you're getting 6.7 yards per pop while running the ball 55 times a game, why would you throw why it? Why would you throw it? And you're, and, you're, and you're averaging 34 points per game, too. So it's not as if you're you know winning every game 24-17. They're still scoring right up there with everybody in the league. Buddy, that's, when you, that's called ball control, time control, and the other team can't score if the ball's in your hand. That's called chess within the game of football. So, but all of that aside... Uh, we talked about this on Monday's show when Brooks Nuanas was in studio. And you can find that on the podcast, by the way. A podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Available on all your podcast hosting platforms. The dynamic of Jeff Choate is twofold. One, every single head coach at Montana State has gotten fired. Over the, over the last 50 years, with the exception of one guy, and that was Sonny Holland. Sonny Holland beat the Grizzlies seven times in eight years. He won the 1976 National Championship, and then in 1977, he rode off into the sunset. He retired at the age of 38 years old and never returned to coaching. He's widely considered the greatest Bobcat of all time hmm. because he was 10-1 and against the Grizzlies. He won a national championship as a player uh, in 1956 and then led them to the national championship in 1976. He retires then. Well, then from Sonny Lubick, who went on to become the defensive coordinator at Miami and the longtime head coach at Colorado State, to Dave Arnold, who won a national championship at Montana State, to Earl Solomonson, Cliff Heisel, Mike Kramer, Rob Ash, every single one of those guys got fired. Dave Arnold won a national championship and got fired. Earl Solomonson couldn't do anything, got fired. Cliff Heisel, up and down, but couldn't beat the Grizzlies, fired. Mike Kramer could beat the Grizzlies, scandal ensues. Yeah, that was, that's different. But Rob Ash is the winningest coach in the history of Montana State University. Rob Ash has three Big Sky Conference championships, five playoff appearances, and 70 career victories as the head coach at Montana State. He was 2-7 and seven against the Grizz. He got fired. He got fired. So, the narrative is not a narrative, it's a reality. Beating the Grizzlies is the number one most important thing that the Bobcat head coach can do. To put this in perspective, Bobby Houck is now coached in, in nine... Cat Grizz games. Just take a guess of what Bobby Hawk's record is. Two and seven. Five and four. Five and four. But that's okay. it's still not as good as you might think, considering Coach Hawk went 46 and seven against the Big Sky Conference his first go round here. So, and granted, he's had his two losses in a row since returning. Right. So he's five and two during his first seven year stint. But, you know, all I'm getting at is that a 5-4 and four record might be cause for a little bit of concern if you're in Bozeman, not here in Missoula. But that's not to say anything about the administrations or anything like that. All I'm getting at is that Jeff Choate knew, knew that it doesn't matter what level you achieved at. Rob Ash made it to the quarterfinals of the playoffs multiple times. Rob Ash won multiple Big Sky championships. Couldn't beat the Grizz. He was out. So I think Choate didn't want to face that scenario. Mm. But... The reason Choate's going to be missed so much is his style of coaching was all based on drag you into deep water and make you drown. That's what he would always say. Get them into deep water, boys, and in the fourth quarter, they'll drown. It was a fist fight all the time, every time. 
When it's going, it's going. And when it's a rivalry game, it's absolutely going. And that's why they were undefeated in the rivalry game. But I think that then you get into scenarios where you can't win like that, and it gives you this ceiling that you're never going to break through. Glass ceiling, because you can see it, but you ain't going to get through the so other that's, side. So that's the dynamic, though, that right. the Bobcats face this year, is I believe that they will be much more diverse and much more have a lot higher aptitude offensively. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be a lot more efficient. They're going to score more points. They have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. They're still going to run the ball, but they're also going to be able to actually functionally throw the ball as well. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to have the same dynamic, though? That's the same was... mentality. Because there it is. There's a the question. In my personal opinion, actually, Brent Vegan. I mean, Brent Vegan's proven he's won national championships at the FCS level as the offensive coordinator. Hold on, timeout. Was this not the best question? I you have it's waxed gr- poetic. I have asked the it's best a, question of the <laughs> decade, great, folks, because he is still going on. This is great. The, the fountain is just spewing forth. <laughs> Spewing's a bad word. The fountain is pouring forth this information, stats, dates, and names. I asked the right question, and I love you too. I think that Vegan has proven that he his style and that style, North Dakota State style from the early 2000s or 2010s, can get you over the top because they did. Mm-hmm. And so then I do think that Brett Vegan's hiring overall has at least an opportunity to give Montana State's program a higher ceiling that they had under Choate. But, but Choate was the best recruiter in the Big Sky Conference, so the players, can the can this staff recruit like that staff? Choate just brought in all the dudes, and then they just let it roll. But also, though, the number one question for Montana State is all of the dudes that play for Montana State, they're going to be key contributors this year. They all loved Choate. They all wanted to go to war for Choate every the stamp, weekend. man. It's about the stamp. So the, can they make it about them and still play like that? Right. Or are they going to be resentful of a new coach? There's just so many different dynamics that have nothing to do with play calling. Six of one, half dozen another on that, man. We can keep going on with this question because this question has gained legs like a millipede and keeps on keeping on. You ready for the next one? I can't wait. Uh, you are are you are you getting blown up right now with some other questions or retorts? Nope. Okay, all right. Is this the year Idaho makes an FCS playoff game? No. Oh, okay. You know that just got to ask those man, kind of things. Man. You know, I just, we were you know, shot in the dark. We were brother. talking about this the other night too. I know a lot of people listening to the show are young. Yeah, are in my age demographic, in your thirties, whatever. If you're a little bit older and you followed the Big Sky Conference, mm-hmm. you remember the days. When nobody was chasing the Grizz or the Cats, everybody was chasing the Vandals and the Idaho. Broncos. It was Boise State and Idaho. That's who everybody was chasing. Boise won the 1980 National Championship. They were great in the 1980s throughout the decade. But Idaho was the cream of the crop. They never got mm-hmm. over the top of the National Championship, but they had great teams. Uh, they had multiple NFL quarterbacks like mm-hmm. Doug Dustmeyer and John Fries. Dennis Erickson in his single-back offense. That's where it got its start was in Idaho. And when Idaho left... The move for Idaho, Nevada, and Boise State to leave the Big State Conference was actually not as bad as it seems now retrospectively. Obviously, it was a brilliant move by Boise State. Nobody could have predicted that Treasure Valley would blow up like that, no that one. Boise would become a 700,000-person city, and that the blue turf and I mean everything, a confluence of events, perfect scenario for Boise State. Nevada's been fine since they moved up, and in fact, sometimes good, and really good in basketball, so it was definitely yeah. worth the move for Absolutely. Nevada to move up. But there were so many different things that fell poorly for Idaho and so many bad decisions that they made as well that made their FBS experience poor. So poor. Well, now, though, they have reached this scenario where I would venture to say that Idaho is among, at this exact moment, the most irrelevant teams in the Big Sky Conference. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're irrelevant. Absolutely. Don't disagree with that statement. But they should and could be so relevant, and if they were... 
it would be so good for the league. All, uh, Idaho has figured out how to beat Eastern Washington. They've beat Eastern Washington twice since they came back down to the Big Sky Conference. But the thing you got to do to gain relevancy to me, if you're Idaho, is, is point blank, it's so easy. It's not easily done. It's so simple, though. It's such a simple solution. you got to beat the Cats and the Grizz. That's it. Because if you do, now you ignite the fan base. As exactly. of right now, it's like Bobby Houck went over there year one with an up-and-down Grizz team and hung 57 on the Vandals. E- and the easily. Game. Easily. You know, like a couple years in Bozeman, a couple years ago in Bozeman, Troy Anderson ran the wing tee all the way to the to Bobcats beating the Vandals. I mean, there's the Vandals in, in Missoula in 2019 just got destroyed. Smoked. But if you can beat the Grizz, now the Grizz fans are reignited in that rivalry, and all of a sudden, boom, you're instantly relevant. And yeah. I'm not saying it's all about the Cats and the Grizz. The Vandals just need to prove that they belong amongst the ranks of the elite. They're, they're, all of their issues that they have had since rejoining the league have very little to do with the players that play on their team. They have as many NFL guys as anybody in the league. They have since they dropped down. It, it, it's so much more than that, though. Mm-hmm. It's buying into this level, respecting your opponent. Uh, winning. Winning. You just have Period. to win. Yeah, winning. exactly. And that's all it is, man. And Idaho is not going to figure that out until Idaho figures it out. It will be I, – I agree with everything you're saying. I feel that schools like – Big Sky schools need teams like Idaho, especially, like, for regional television, regional fanfare, old-school rivalries. Like, I like it when Idaho is good. I like it when Idaho is good. Well, and that's the whole thing, too, is the the dynamics of a conference are uh, – what is a conference is, like, the biggest question in college sports now. That's a now great question. Because everybody's just going to the SEC, right? And right. We're, it continues to be skewered and evolving, and it's about TV money and, and on down the line. Well, let's evolve and segue because that's a question I have for you uh, within uh, the Big Sky uh, Conference. 100%. But, 100%. but the, the conferences used to be – you had to have the same sort of identity. I, Big East is one of the best. Right. Or now the SEC. They used to, but it used to be you had to have similar academic standards and like Bingo. each school you needed to be. The Big State Conference in its creation was initially either the land grant school or the flagship school right. of each state. Right. That's what Montana Montana State is. That's what Idaho Idaho, Idaho state, state is. is. Yep. Idaho in the league is good because Idaho is a great school. Not a good, a great school. Idaho is one of the better schools in the Big Sky Conference. I don't know if people realize that. They don't. It's a land-grant institution that also has a law school. That is rare. That's to have, huge. To have engineering and law is huge. big shot. Moscow, you, I know a lot of people around here that are old-school Grizz fans will say, uh, yeah, Moscow's Moscow. a yeah. No, Moscow's fun, man. It's a good college it's a town. Cool it's a cool little fun it's town. It's eight minutes from Pullman, eight Can't miles from Pullman. Eight miles. Like, you, there's good parties. Like, it's it's a fun place to go to school. Yeah. And so it's good for Idaho. Or excuse me. It's good for the Big Sky Conference, Conference. when Idaho is good. I, I agree with you, man. I say recruit better, get your stuff organized, and take a swing at the big boys. You, you're going to fall, but take a swing nonetheless. So with that being said, Coulter, there's a lot of talk about realignment, Big 12 teams going to the SEC. These guys want to move here. If you had to pick two to three teams to move up in the conference out of the Big Sky, who would it be? And what conference and why? My brother and I were talking about this. This is awesome because we're rehashing conversations I've already had. I've never felt so prepared for answers. I'm setting them up. But these are these are perfect questions for this moment in time. It's well, Juanes now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me. We're also on the television thanks to SWX Montana Hello. TV. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. NWMSRocks.com. That's NWMSRocks.com. Northwest Motorsport. Largest inventory of trucks Anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. My answer is going to really surprise you. 
Is it going to surprise me or shock? Surprise I can always deal with. Are you going to shock me or are you going to surprise me? There's the, the, a difference. The number one team that's primed to move up from the Big Sky Conference is not Montana or Montana State. It's not Weber State. It's none of the rest of the schools that play full-time in the league. It's an affiliate member. It's UC Davis. The reason UC Davis is primed to move up are uh, a variety of reasons. Well, number one. UC Davis has an endowment of more than $1.5 billion. A lot of money. That's 100 times the endowment at the University of Montana. So they have a ton of money. Davis is considered one of the few, quote-unquote, public Ivies. True. So their school, the, the degree you're going to get from there is one of the only public school degrees you can get. That's comparable. That's comparable to like a degree like you got. Columbia, baby. Uh, yeah, I always, always got to tout my guy. Ivy League educated over here, Rajim Seabrook. Is. Hello. But... So, so, so because it's a public Ivy, you have an unbelievable number of prestigious and wealthy alums. True. You also have 40,000 kids in your school. You also are part of the UC system, so athletic fees are required. It's not Absolutely. a debate. So you're straight up, let's say you're charging 350 bucks a semester, so 700 bucks a year times 40,000. You're making millions of dollars on student fees. Just student fees. So you don't have to sell a single football ticket and you're making millions of dollars of revenue in football. Yep, you've made three football games just in student fees. They also have Kevin Blue as their athletic director. Kevin Blue came from Stanford. Genius. He has the blueprint that Stanford used to regain relevance like they have over the last 15 years. And then they have this gigantic athletic facility that, they're, that they are uh, building. Here's my thought about UC Davis. UC Davis, Davis, California itself has a very unique atmosphere. Correct. They always wanted to be D2 because they wanted to be the school that wasn't prioritizing football. Like, look at us. We're intellectuals. We read books. We ride our bikes everywhere. And we just win Division II national championships year after year after year. But we're not chasing the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. Well, once they move into the big sky, I think that fans in that area, people from around there, they have no allegiance to the Big Sky. UC Davis doesn't play in the Big Sky in any other sport. There is no regional rival besides Sacramento State. That's it. That's it. And I wouldn't consider that a rival. Sure, but they always have played the Cosway Classic, all those things. Oh, yeah. But regardless, Davis, if and when they moved up, because I think that Cal is experiencing a profound budget deficit right now. Huge. They've been puking money from their athletic Bleeding. Department. It sounds crazy. It sounds egregious. But there is a scenario to me that I would fully believe that UC Davis replaced Cal in the, in the Pac-12. And if they did that, Whoa. most of those huge bo boosters and donors, they're not going to give money to Big Sky Conference School. They'll give they a little bit of money to Mountain West. But if you say, hey, we can go take the seat of Cal and we can sit at the table right next to Stanford and they'll right take next it. to UCLA and right next to USC. And Stanford. They'll take it. Let's do, hey, can't beat that with a baseball bat. But you're not going to go from the Big Sky Conference to the Pac-12 right away. So no. I do think that if there was a – so here's what I think is going to happen. These schools joining the SEC is going to leave openings in the Big 12. I think the Big 12 are going to go after some Mountain West schools, namely Boise State, Colorado State, maybe Utah State. Makes sense. Then that bumps open so now two the to Mount, three slots. Now the Mountain West has openings, right. and so I think UC Davis would be first in line just because of all those things we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And then Montana, Montana State would be right next. Gotcha. I, I love it. Good question. I am, I am yeah. switching, turning the tables on my man today. You are on fire. Oh. All things Big Sky Football here, one two nine ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook rapping with me here on a Friday. Hope you're having an outstanding Friday. The smoke keeps coming and going. I was. Just dying this morning, but it's, it's okay now. And it was so nice last night to like feel a breeze that didn't have ash associated or like no feeling grit in the air. And 
It was almost cold this morning at 60 chilly degrees. I know. It was beautiful, man. All right, next question. All right, I'm in. I don't know which one I want to ask you. It's okay. Yeah, How good will Eastern Washington be now that possible National Player of the Year, Eric B., will be back to man the quarterback helm? Yeah, Eric Berry uh, is absolutely a transcendent talent. Fire. He's the number one reason why Eastern Washington has a chance. There it is. I think Eastern Washington has regressed talent-wise, and that's not to say that they're bad. I still think they're a good team. I think, I think they're a very good team. I think they're an upper echelon team in the big sky. But they had top-tier talent for the entire country during the duration of Bo Baldwin's tenure there. And it just hasn't been quite there since Aaron Best took over. He's still doing a good job, but they, mm-hmm. they just don't have. I mean, whoever does have Cooper Cup, but, but you don't have Cooper good Cup. Good luck. You know, and you don't have Samson Abbey Cup. I also think there's a lot of exterior factors there. I think Eastern Washington's um, athletic department, the turmoil that they're under financially, the, the sort of uh, ambivalence both on campus and amongst their. Um, not very sizable fan base. All nope. those things, I think, hurt you. And we've seen this. There's no question. Like, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. The the athletic department as a whole is in a state of turmoil. That trickles downhill no matter what. Even if football can somehow be an autonomous entity, it still trickles downhill. Shante Leggins won the Big Sky Conference, goes to the NCAA tournament, pieces out, goes to Portland. Not a better job, leaves anyways. Wendy Schuler, 20 years as the head basketball coach for the women's program, excuse me, Fired. Chad Bodner, one of the best soccer coaches of the Big Sky Cowards. Fired. Fired. And so where is the allegiance with the AD, Lynn Hickey? I mean, some of these moves were maybe justifiable. I don't know. But all I'm saying is there's a lot of turmoil on campus. I mean, you saw every guy from Eastern Washington's men's basketball team in the portal. Every girl from their team. Uh, they're Gone. top eight players from both in the portal. So then you factor in that there's been this narrative circulating both regionally and nationally that Eastern is contemplating dropping football or moving down to Division to Two. We had a great. We talked about that at length on this show. All those things affect the mentality of kids, and so I, uh, I think that's why. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that Eastern. Here's where I'm at. Eastern Washington, they control their own destiny this year because totally. they ho- they host Montana and Montana State. You go. You beat both those schools. And you're you're, you're inside in. track to the playoffs. You're in. You don't, and then you know you, you're standing on the unemployment line. Your job, yeah. yeah you, it, that's the thing. You can only and at this level, three or four losses. That's it. That's and it. If you're playing two of the elite schools, you you, you just split. You're fine. And you, you sweep. You're in the driver's seat for the championship. But I'm not quite there on Eastern Washington. I mean, to fully answer your question, in my Big State Conference preseason poll, I had Eastern Washington sixth. Okay. All right, that's uh, that's that's lower than I would have had him, especially with him coming back. Eric Berry, he he cha- he changes. He's that dynamic, once in a lifetime kind of guy. If Eric Berry just if if he was to just take them to nine and two into the playoffs as the Big Sky champs, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Right, yeah, just because well, he's that good. He's that good, but will the rest of the team, the sums of the rest of the parts, be of the same ilk and caliber? We'll see. All right, one more, one more. Hemming and hawing, folks. All right. Out of all the teams in the Big Sky that participated in spring ball, and we know who those are, will those teams be better off Mm. or worse off Mm. from participating in spring ball just to turn it around less than six months later to strap it up and do it all again? I think that there's uh, the answer is uh, better and worse. Some will be worse, some will be better. 
talk to us about I, it. I think that the because it was a truncated schedule where you knew that you had a cumulative bye week the fourth week. Great SAT work. You could play the first three weeks of the season and then see where you were at. And mm-hmm. all the teams that lost twice in the first three weeks turned it into developmental. Yeah. Now they're playing freshmen and they're getting way more reps for more quarterbacks and guys like like things like that. So that helps you. Correct. Even, even though you went two and four in the spring or whatever, it helps you because you're able to develop some guys. Eastern Washington, I think, is kind of just a toss-up. I think in terms of if it was good or bad for them, getting into the playoffs, good. Losing to Idaho, bad. Losing in the playoffs in the first round, bad. But you lost North Dakota State, so you have a little bit of a quote-unquote excuse. For Weber State, I think it was probably, all things considered, detrimental. They did go undefeated during the spring season, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs to Southern Illinois. More... Uh, tread on the tires for a team that likes to play a physical brand of football like that. I think is tough. I don't know if I don't would I wouldn't want more hits on my All American running back Josh Davis. I mean, why would you? Why would you? He's already a four year starter. You don't need more tread on those no. tires. So, uh, I think all things considered, even though Weber did win another conference championship, they did make the playoffs. Maybe detrimental to them. But then teams like Idaho State, money. Because Idaho State, they were in every game. They, I think they entered the fall with a lot of belief, but they also played a lot of guys. They're not very old. They're a really young team. They got a ton of reps for Tyler Vanderwall. They let him establish himself as a guy that I think is going to be a dude in the league. He's a transfer from Wyoming, but he's got great confidence. He's got great arm strength. Skills. I mean, shout out to my my old college buddy, Mike Ferreter, the offensive coordinator there. But he's got, he's got a good young offensive coordinator as well. Plus, his head coach, Rob Fennessy, has a lot of success with quarterbacks. So, I think for schools like Idaho State, good. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my interview segment with the smartest man in Missoula when it comes to <laughs> Big Sky. This man continues to be a, a, a an instant resource, as you've just witnessed for the past 18 minutes and 32 seconds. Great questions, better answers, more to come. With Nuanas now. Look at this reset. This guy's turned into Mike Greenberg. More from Rajim and me. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Radio Missoula. million, including $150 million guaranteed. That's Josh Allen today. Sounds pretty good. $258 million over six years is about $43 million a year. And uh, you're guaranteed to get about uh, 25 of that, 100% every year. What a deal. We're going to get to that here in just a quick minute. 
from the former Wyoming and current Buffalo Bills quarterback. But first here on Nuanas now, Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, Northwest Motorsports Studio, nwmsrocks.com. Go visit there. Find the largest inventory of trucks in the Pacific Northwest. Before we get to some more NFL commentary and some Olympic stuff as well, this is a little bit actually older news. This happened last week. Uh, we just haven't got around to it, but congratulations to this young man because he was a great friend of this show and a great friend of mine. I, I just I adored this kid while he was at the University of Montana. One of my favorite athletes I've ever covered, Michael Ogine. He signed uh, a professional contract. He's a former Grizz guard, obviously, but he will play uh, in France for his second professional season. Uh, St. Chaminade Basket in the French Pro B League, so that's the second highest league in the country. That's where Ogine will be playing. That makes three uh, former Grizz that were on Travis DeCure's Big Sky Conference championship teams in both 2018 and 2019. Ahmad Rory. He is playing also in the French Pro A-League. He was playing in Cyprus, but now he's moved up to the French Pro A-League. And Kendall Manuel, who's building Skyview graduate, he signed with a French uh, NW, uh, excuse me, NW1 League team, which is the third tier. <laughs> Were you about to say NWA? I, I almost did. <laughs> That's all right. That would have been kind of cool, too. No question. So congratulations to those three guys, and uh, very cool. I, I always, this is the thing I find fascinating. When I get to, there, there, was, a, there was this moment in time where, Montana State had Tyler Hall and Kelgen Blevins and Harold Frey. So all, good. All three pros. And Montana had the three young men we just mentioned, Michael Ogine, Ahmad Rory. So Rolly, much fun. And uh, Kendall Manuel. And being around those guys and watching them and how they worked and what how gifted they were, but also just how much time and effort and passion they put into it, it's truly amazing how good you have to be to play in the NBA. I mean, Tyler Hall is so lights out shooting the basketball and he's still I, I shouldn't say just but he's in the G League he's not he's on the summer league team for the New York Knicks he's still not even in the dance but I mean top 340 players in the world those are the only guys that get to play in the NBA so uh, it's as hard as it could possibly I mean I think it's the hardest professional sports league to make Re- more so than the NFL no question because the NFL the rosters turn first of all the rosters are way bigger but the rosters also turn over all the time because guys are getting hurt true I'll give you that I'll give you that from oh god that's a, that's a hard one I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about that one I just want to go back to Ogine, uh, my man M.O. Ogine. Ogine. I have a hard time with that one. So is everybody. Trust me, Brian Fish, Montana State head basketball coach, if he ever heard this he would think it was funny because I made fun of him forever but he used to call him Ogwini I was like Fish it's Ogine. He's the one of the best players in the league. You gotta learn his name. Yeah, man. I would kick him in the shins for that. Um, Ogwini. Yeah. Did you eat too much posse? You want to put that L in front of it. I still remember the dunk against Michigan when he almost didn't make the dunk but still made the dunk. And I have that still to this day as one of my backup screensavers. One of the best moments in U of M history against the U of M. I, I love. Do you remember that? I lo- oh, I absolutely remember that. God, I remember I, that. I loved all of those teams and uh, very fun to cover. But it's just, it's just astounding. I, here's here's where I'm at. For team sports, I think the NBA is the hardest league to make. For individual, though, I think the NBA is the second hardest. I think the hardest professional sport is golf. I'll give I'll give you that. I uh, just from a pure sport. Yeah, golf is you impossible. Could, you, you could be like a national championship winning guy, and you're not going to the PGA Tour. Yeah, you're still not making the cut no matter how much you made. the. Yeah, that is the, the, glo- that. the global. That's the other part that makes the NFL a little bit easier. I'm not saying it's easy to make the NFL, 
but it's not an international sport. It is not. That is correct. You have to be one of the best basketball players on the planet. planet. You have no idea what Luka Doncic is doing over in, in Serbia or what Nikolai Jokic is doing. In, it's all in, the, in, in yeah. America for the NFL. So, No, I like that. I like that. And that's why he hosts his own show, ladies and gentlemen, because the big brains on Culture Nuanez shine through. Nuanez now. Rajiv Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. All right, let's talk some more NFL. First and foremost, where are you at with Josh Allen? I love Josh Allen, but, but where are you at with Josh Allen? What do you think of this contract? I, I think we already went over finances, so let's not go back down the rabbit hole, Alice. Um, I don't know if he's worth what he was paid. I just That's an exorbitant amount of money for someone who, who is not – done enough for me in the league. He doesn't warrant that. What does it take to for you then? I mean, he took the Buffalo Bills. He won a playoff game in Buffalo. That hasn't happened since you were like not even old enough to drink. Uh, yeah, Jim Kelly was still the quarterback. I had to think about that one. You were correct. I was still in high school. That's what I'm saying. Many, many moons ago. I don't. I, I just don't know. I want to. I want to see. I want to see another good two solid years. When I look at some of the contracts of some of the guys who have done more. It's 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 just such a staggering amount of money. But I mean, the boy is the boy is nice. It's nice to see Buffalo back on the scene. Um, part of that is when you don't have Tom Brady in the AFC East. All of a sudden, when you win games as much as Josh Allen has, you're kind of polarized as the second coming of whomever. Um, I, I I just don't know, man. I need I, that's just a lot of money for a guy that's made one playoff appearance. It's true, but this is also the way that, the, that it's going to gravitate. I mean, true, Dak true, Pre- true, true. Dak Prescott got forty million. Josh Allen's better than Dak Prescott, right? No doubt. So that there it is. I mean, Dak Dak set the market. If you're better than Dak, you get more than Dak. That's it. Oh man, it, you know it, it kind of reminds me of the Joe Flacco contract. Mm-hmm. Like here's a guy who again got paid for something he did as opposed to what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But if you were able to do that, and Joe Flacco was your baseline, then guys made a ton of money. Look at Drew Brees at the same time of that split. It's the same proxy, the exact same proxy. I don't know. My jury's out. I'm a little hung on this one. Give me more of your NFL questions. Do you have any left? I know you have your beautiful handwritten sheet here. I'm no man. I'm going with the flow today. I'm I'm like a sail okay. in the wind. All man. right. So what else? What else you got within the NFL then? Because I think that there's. I mean, obviously, as there always is. It, this is why I want to go social political with the NFL okay. real quick. Okay. Let's Ask let's me. let's play with the NFL. I love what the NFL did with with uh, the player coming out and the symbols and the and the and Carl the, Nassim. all of the all, love it. Where does the NFL go with that from there? Because he came out. We had a great week of media. Mum's the word since then. Where's the NFL going to take this platform going into something post-pandemic, but almost on the verge of another pre-pandemic? Is this does, is this shield tainted? I see the eye roll. Well, you're gonna you're just gonna hate my answer. Of course, I'm gonna hate your answer, but it's gonna make me talk about something. A, a, a part of this was here. We go. How do I even say this? Carl Nassib's situation, I feel, was inevitable. Yes. I also think the NFL uh, um, was more than okay with it happening, not because they're accepting of it, but more because it checks a box. Fair enough. But then once the box is checked, next, let's not talk about this anymore. To the wayside. Because I think that there's a distinct dynamic here that uh, a great many of the uh, NFL's greatest supporters are probably not that supportive of this narrative. Why is that? In <laughs> this day and age, I'm, 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 I'm not, I just opened up the rabbit hole for a lot of man. 
a lot well, because I think that I think that the the ferocity that comes with the tribalism that's associated with football at both the professional and collegiate levels. At, on one hand, is a beautiful thing because it's so communal and it brings us together. But I think on the other hand, it is so detrimental because it reveals the most ferociously um, ignorant portions of people. Or toxic, as some would say in exactly. this day and age. I agree with that. And I think that that's a, it would be very interesting to see how this comes into play. Because in some of the circles that I'm at, this is big for them. This is actually open. This is brought new fans back to the NFL interesting. with uh, with, 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 with the sway, so to say. And I was just interested because I just, I just know that as we are four weeks away from opening up NFL, <laughs> please, please give us a full season. We're getting it. Um, that this is going to play a role and become a narrative again as the season ensues because the Raiders are going to be promoted because of this. They're going to have more publicity because of this. How is society, the NFL, and now the players going to handle this as it becomes more and more of, uh, within our social fabric uh, on, on the daily? I'm just interested, in, and I love your I love your take on it, man. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's it's fascinating. I. I I fully understand why this is a, a, a big story, why it has received the reaction that it has in the positive realm of, of this story. Um, but I also, here nor there, better or worse, I understand the business behind what the NFL is trying to do right now, too. Mm-hmm. How greedy do you want to get? How many moral sacrifices do you want to make? The NFL has already drawn the line in the sand that they don't care about that sort of stuff. They are willing to make all the moral sacrifices mm. as long as they still lead the sports center every single night. I feel you on that. Good answer, man. That's all I have for the NFL. It's Friday. I'm trying to stay smoke and sucker free. What are you doing this weekend? Well, we're hanging out a little bit later on tonight. Yes, so that's sir. good. And tomorrow, making my way down to the Kettle House Amphitheater. Second Saturday in a row, lucky guy I am. What show? What show are you going to observe? Wilco, old school. Yeah, so I'm old I, school I, I, flavor. I'm a little bit. I'm not that familiar with Wilco. I've heard that they are exceptionally good live, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to be going with uh, my main man and producer in the back, Tommy Evans. So Tommy E, uh, we'll be having a good time on uh, Saturday. And then Sunday, I got a big day of yard work plan because I got a little house appraisal coming on Tuesday. Ooh, so, but so you got to get it looking, looking good, looking right. We're going to talk some more NBA because I have some more questions for Rajim. First Let's of all, go. what the hell are the New York Knicks doing? Answer nothing. Are the what Chicago Bulls new? setting the table to maybe make a run and being back? I don't know either. We're going to get to all that and more. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Yes,
Tommy was proclaiming to me that Jeff Tweedy, the lead singer of Wilco, who you're hearing right now on your radio machines, is as weird as Dave Matthews and David Byrd. Weirder. If, if that is the case, then I am all the way in on tomorrow night at the Kettle House Amphitheater. That's a heck of a grouping of eclectic and eccentric personalities. Oh, for sure. That's what makes them so great, man. I know. I'm just saying that's that's if that's saying something. The, but the most succinct way I could say, the reason I love Dave Matthews' band, one of my favorite bands of all time, is that the authenticity of Dave's performances every time is so unique because he does have some sort of mental... I don't even know. It's not. I don't even know what to say. Dave Matthews is wired in a different way, and it's almost as if to him he is giving his first performance every time. It's not just true passion or being a professional. It's like a real gotcha. tick. It's, it's like, like a real tick. Dave's it, loving it every time. It's like being John Malkovich while right. being John Malkovich. Right. What, a right? good, what a good movie. I haven't seen Oh, buddy, John Malkovich. Get inside your own head. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Great pleasure to be joined by Rajim Seabrook here My man. in studio as uh, we do this each and every Friday. We're probably switching up the schedule here, but Rajim's going to be rolling all fri- Fridays throughout the fall, so this will be fun. This will be, be very cool. And uh, we're going to be... We're going to have a whole bunch of even more new contributors. And by the way, thank you so much to everybody who's been contributing to this show. It was uh, when Gus Tutel first bought his RV and embarked on the road. And I was sitting here thinking, how am I going to do my own radio show? Specifically because I had no football to talk about. I was having a panic attack. I was freaking out a little bit. I didn't really know what was going to happen. But uh, so many of my friends have come in and helped and contributed to this thing, and it's been awesome to build. And now here we are knocking on the door. Fall camp started today at Montana State. It starts Woo-hoo. tomorrow at Montana. And uh, football officially back in the Big Sky State and the Big Sky Conference. We cannot wait for it. So I'm uh, proud of everybody for helping me out and for navigating all of this to get to this point because it was touch and go for a long time, but we made it through. And uh, this guy here, he's helped me almost as much as anybody. So thanks, hey, thanks so much for kicking it, man. Buddy, first of all, it's always an honor and a pleasure being here. I think this is... My, uh, no, oh, wow. This is my 10th year working with ESPN because it started Super back cool. at uh, 2010, first year Loyola won a state title, and um, here we are in 2021. So that is crazy. Uh, Becky, I need a raise, uh, you know, to give me some peanuts, but take the shells away. And, uh, <laughs> you know, other than that, yeah, man, thanks for having me. And we got something coming up this fall that we're bringing back. That's right. The pre and post game show will be going full force. Each yeah. and every Grizz home game, and Rajim will be sitting in the chair with me during the pregame show from stem to stern. So we'll be live for an hour and a half before each and every uh, Grizz game, and then we'll also be live. I'm not going to give you a time afterwards because we're going to do something unique. We're going to roll that out here next week. We'll tell you all about it, but we're going to do something unique for the post game, and uh, it involves some feedback from Bobby Houck and his players, so that it'll be fun to do that uh, for sure. But Rajim will be sitting and rolling with us during the pregame show, so can't wait to have him Let's in the go. chair. Andrew, Andrew Houghton will con- contribute to the pregame show a little bit uh, as well and then be with me on the postgame show too. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Let's talk a little Olympics. The Olympics are finished. I feel it's so fast. It's it so fast. fast. But I will say this. I'm going to complain. I don't do that a lot. I'm going to complain. Can we please get better coverage? Man, of, this has of, been the of, talking point all the way across the board. It's too bad. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's, you know, we, we get it every two years. Uh, and, and I'm going to lump the Winter Olympics together with that. Can we get better coverage? Can we get better replay? Can we not have to have a streaming provider just to watch one of the greatest athletic spectacles 
you know, on the planet. Like, give me a break. The Olympics should be free. <laughs> it's just straight up for free. No question. It has been sort of frustrating to watch. The We were talking basketball earlier. The United States plays in the gold medal game. Is that tonight? That's tonight. Okay. I, I, actually, it's. I think it starts right at the conclusion of this show. Okay, very good. Speaking of the conclusion of this show, we also have those little pal heads on the radio. Uh, first pitch at 7.05 tonight. And uh, didn't catch up with Jeff Safford this week, voice of the Paddleheads, so we will next week as well. So get you all caught up on Paddlehead stuff. Let's talk about some of the best moments from the Olympics. Anything particular that stands out to you? Because I know a couple that were uh, that really were emblazoned on my mind. I thought that uh, Allison Felix getting a bronze last night to become the most decorated uh, track, track and field athlete yep. ever, surpassing Carl Lewis, was amazing to watch. I like the fact that Simone won a medal amidst all of her struggles. Like, she still, you know, it wasn't the gold, but she, she held fast. She, she, she shed some light on her own mental health and still came out a medal winner. I thought that was one of the best moments. I, um, I loved that uh, Sydney McLaughlin shattered the 400-meter hurdles record. Uh, but then in the men's 400-meter hurdles, that was the race of the track and field portion of the Olympics. Three dudes broke the Olympic record. Two dudes broke the world record. The Norwegian guy gets across the the uh, finish line and does his Superman. Clark Kent into Superman. I mean, what an unbelievable effort that was. Oh, man. I, and this is why Olympics should be free. These are those moments that go down in history that unless you were watching it, you have no reference. And what a great uh, 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 Summer Olympic. I, I tell you, what my favorite thing of the Olympics, all the new events. Sure. Like just these great new skateboarding, events. Skateboarding, the BMX. Three, the three on three, yep. um, surfing. Yep. Um, just these great, what has, you know, been deemed sometimes as activities more than sports being uh, showcased on the Olympic level. And I loved it. Loved it. I also loved the, uh, the high jump, the men's high jump, when they both, they basically had a chance to either do a jump off or share the gold medal. I am almost always critical of people who shy away from competition, especially on the biggest stage. Mm. But in this exact scenario, the fact that those two guys were training partners, they had the exact same amount of misses, the exact same heights, your homies, why not? Why not both just get gold? You went the same height. Let's both go celebrate in the Olympic Village. Exactly. Celebrate, split the atom. We can't put it back together. Enjoy the night. I also thought that some of the swimming escapades were tremendous. Uh, Caleb Dressler is... Going to come back to the United States as a true star. Um, I thought that Lydia Jacoby, her gold medal swim that sent uh, the <laughs> little Ala- Seward, Alaska, just into pandemonium. It was what awesome. What a sweet video that yeah. was, man. Uh, speaking of swimming, seeing the 1500 event for the first, first time, time in America winning gold in that. Katie Ledecky. Ledecky just it killed done. it. Like, just gr- these great moments, man. Just amazing moments. The, uh, the 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 relay the the medley relay where Katie Ledecky almost chased them down. She was swimming at that po- moment. They had they kept having the the meters per second. I believe that the highest meters per second I saw, man or woman, in this Olympics was one point eight eight meters per second by Katie Ledecky. That's that's when you know that this your ferocity and your own inner drive is what's carrying you home because she was swimming at a superhuman level. That's called a clip for the non nautical yeah. people in the room. That's called a nice clip. That's crazy when I think about that's, dude. You're pu- and swimming isn't about pushing; it's about pulling. Yeah. So you're pulling that fast. That's some, that's good good gravy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, brother man. I cannot believe that the first week of August is almost over. I it can't is. believe that summer is almost over. But I'm not here to dwell on the bad. I'm only here to look forward to the good. 
And I'm looking forward to the weekend, the rest of the month, and the upcoming football season as yeah. well. Yeah. If you see me out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater, come say hi. I'm going to be out there kicking it, listening to Wilco, hanging with my boy Robert Chase from the trail, my other boy Tommy Evans from the trail, as well as here ESPN Missoula. So if you see us bouncing around tomorrow, don't be scared. Say hi. Come say hi to this handsome fella. We'll love talking music with you, I promise you. Next week, next Friday, by the way, this is actually a, a PSA that you need in your life. Friday the 13th? Next, next Friday. Friday the 13th, we're broadcasting live from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot before the Guns N' Roses show. <laughs> Got it. Let's go. All right. So, Regime and I will be there live on site. Come hang out with us. We'll have the party going all the way from 2 p.m. on. So, if you're going to Guns N' Roses or you're not, either way, come hang out with us. Uh, we'll be doing it uh, on Jack FM, a remote in the afternoon, and then Nuana's now live from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot there, uh, right across from the footbridge on the University of Montana campus. Are you into Guns N' Roses? I already don't even need to ask that. Buddy, you, I, I'll do my axle after we're off. Oh, okay. You're, you're in. Dude, I'm a, I'm, all, I'm a big fan of Slash. Okay. Be, and I, this is really weird. I had a conversation about music, and we talk about music. Um, I'm always baffled why we don't have more black rock and roll musicians. Interesting. Like, we have... Good black rock and roll country, sure. jazz, right. classical. Right. No black rock and roll artists. And Seven Dust. Do you know about Seven Dust? I do. Okay, Seven Dust is dope. And I love Slash, and many people don't know Slash. Slash is part black, sure. and a lot of people right. don't know that. And for me, it was cool to always see a black guy out there rocking it out. So let's go. Sean Rainey in studio with me on Monday. Big Sean. We'll be talking Montana football hour and starting our NFL previews. Have a safe weekend. Colton Noir's Rosie Seabrook. See you next week. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.